podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Bairdian. I'm Matt Workman. We are always brought to you by Sports Social Podcast Network and part of the 1012 Podcast Network. As always, I'm joined by Joe Goodman. Joe, happy Thanksgiving. Happy no longer Thanksgiving. We're, re- we're recording on a Friday morning, the, the rare wow. weekday morning recording um, from yes. family craziness during the week. So we're going to get that. Yes. We're getting it. We're getting this. We're getting the people the content they crave during the Thanksgiving season. This is our Black Friday episode, Matt. Yeah, it's officially now it's officially uh, we can we can welcome on Christmas season. Welcome on Christmas season. It's your favorite time of the year. This is now it's my favorite time of the year. Yeah, now it is. So now now it's okay for Christmas music and Christmas trees to go up. Absolutely. Normally, our family tradition that I've done with my wife for, I don't know, the eight years that we've been together um, is we normally decorate on Black Friday. Like she will normally what she does is she. You know, we go to Thanksgiving, she ends up spending the night at her parents' house, and then she and her mom and, like, her aunt or, you know, her sisters-in-law, they will go out, you know, do some Black Friday shopping in the morning. She'll come home late afternoon, and then during the evening, I'll throw on, you know, a random Christmas movie. Most of the time, me being me, right, uh, that... I can't imagine why she regularly deals with me. My choice of Christmas movies is like often like Nightmare Before Christmas or like I'll put on like Gremlins and then we'll get into an argument about whether or not Gremlins is a Christmas movie. It is. Um, but we'll do it that night. I don't know if we will tonight, though, because we have company coming over today. Um, so I'm not sure if if we're going to get to the, the decorating night. We might do it Sunday, but we'll see. It'll get there will be some stuff put up. A tree will exist in my house before I go to work on Monday morning. Oh yeah, this is normal. We're the same way. Normally, it's like today's the let's start the decorating process. Yeah, yeah. It's it's a lot of oh god, we have to pull storage containers out of the closet that we never touch, <laughs> except for the one time a year we pull everything out, and the one time a year we have to put everything back. Yeah, and but I would say this. Let's before we fully move on into Christmas, let's let's take a look back to yesterday. Uh, yeah, got some got some in memoriam music yeah. going on, thinking of the Thanksgiving that is now in the past. Yeah. So I'm um, I'm blatantly gonna steal this from another podcast, but they did this bit, so and I liked it. So uh, imitation do... is the sincerest form of flattery, Matt. Yes. So shout out to the New Hots podcast for giving me this idea. So here's what I would say. You can either name what's your favorite Thanksgiving dish. Or you can do like a top five if you want, if you have a top five. All right. Mm, mm, okay. Am I going first? Am I going yeah, first? Yeah, go first. Steal your thunder. All right, no, I'll go, go first. first. I am admittedly a hardcore sides guy. Like the best thing to me about Thanksgiving is there are a plethora yeah. of secondary dishes that come out of the menu that you don't like get regularly throughout the year. You know, so first and foremost for me, and if it's done well, we live in the South, it's almost always done well. 
is going to be some kind of sweet potato casserole. All right. I absolutely love it. Um, you know, some people do it differently. Like my mom does this like amazing stuff. It's got these like big fluffy marshmallows in it. So good. It's super sweet and sticky. Whereas like my mother-in-law, she does one that I also really, really like. And it's got like pecans in it. And it's like much more fluffy yeah. and light. Um, but I haven't really run into a sweet potato casserole that I don't like or that I hate. So that's going to be number one on the list. And it's again, it's one of those things where a random Thursday in July nobody's like going to be like, you know what? I'm going to make a sweet potato casserole as the side for my random dinner that we have tonight. It's, it's pretty much a Thanksgiving and Christmas dish. So that's number one. Number two is going to be stuffing or dressing, whatever you call it. Um, I love that stuff. That's something that you might find a little bit more. My mom growing up would make it from time to time with different dishes throughout the year, but it's always a staple at Thanksgiving. So stuffing 100% up there. Uh, I am also, as I've gotten older, I wasn't when I was younger. I am now a green bean casserole apologist. Uh, I I really like it, especially around Thanksgiving. So that's going to be in my top five. And I don't know if I'm like ordering these. It's just kind of what's coming to my head first. So I guess technically that would be an order, whatever I'm thinking of first. Um, I'm going to have to pick a meat now and I'm going to go ham. I love just like a yesterday I smoked a. Uh, uh, I smoked a ham and I made like I do a maple glaze that I make on my own um, and it's really really good every year it's basically like um, good 100% maple syrup not the high fructose corn syrup crap um, brown sugar apple juice cinnamon some ginger in there as well and it's like it's a really really good glaze so I crushed that ham yesterday it was good so that's four and then you know what Matt another thing that comes out especially every year for Thanksgiving is the fluffy, huge, massive dinner rolls that again, it's like not something that people think to make just for your random Wednesday night dinner throughout the year. You might make some like might make some like the random easy dinner rolls, but like my mom growing up, oh, she would have like, she would like kind of hand make these like really huge, thick, amazing. They would sit out for hours on the counter, just like rising on their own before she put them in the oven Ah, oh, and I know it's kind of like, oh, you're going to say bread, but I love bread and I especially love the dinner rolls because then what you can do, Matt, is you can you know, take one that night, you grab yourself a little piece of turkey, grab yourself a little piece of ham, maybe throw some cranberry sauce some mashed potatoes and some stuffing in there and you squeeze it together between the two sides of the roll and you got yourself perfect Thanksgiving sandwich. So the rolls are going to be on there for me. Um, I didn't mention mashed potatoes or cranberry sauce. I'd say those are honorable mentions. They don't quite make it into the top five just because I can live without them and I can have I can have mashed potatoes any time of the year. Um, but yeah, that's that's going to be my top five is going to be the sweet potato casserole, the stuffing, uh, green bean casserole, ham and uh, and those epic dinner rolls. OK, solid across the board. Um, I'm not a sweet potato guy. Um, So. That will not make my list. Yeah, you're like a more of an umami flavor guy, right? Like I'm very much a sweet flavor guy. Yeah, so I am going with the green bean casserole. Makes All my right, list. solid. Um, I'm a dressing guy. Love some good dressing. Mm-hmm. All right. Um. I, I am also like a big sides guy. So I would, I would agree with 
pretty much everything you said. Dinner rolls have to have them. Absolutely have to have the dinner rolls on there. Um, I you picked ham. I'm I'm a turkey guy. Turkey with some gravy drizzled on top of it and the dressing. You can't go wrong with that. And um, I would give an honorable mention to. I think mashed potatoes. They're fine. I don't necessarily think of them as like Thanksgiving food, but they're they're usually always there, so they get an honorable mention as well. Um, not a not a cranberry sauce guy either. So I'm very. But and then you know I'm a for no I'm for, a cranberry sauce guy I like it but it's not it's never gonna like if it's there I'm like oh yeah but it's never like the thing that I think of first yeah I think it's um it's very I'm kind of with people like it has to to me and this is just me maybe how I was grew up it kind of has to be come from a can. I agree. I grew up as canned cranberry sauce guy. Now, my in-laws make like the non-can, like the the fancy cranberry sauce. It's delicious, but the the jiggly wiggly slices of, slices cranberry, of cranberry sauce. Yeah, that's that's, that's just that's nostalgic, man. Like that's 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 pure Thanksgiving in my house. Also, like I'm I'm a big like Thanksgiving lunch. That Thanksgiving should be like a lunch meal. Agreed. Yeah, no dinner. It's a lunch. We it's a lunch meal. Yeah. We ate at one yesterday. What time did you eat? Yeah, like one o'clock. Yeah. Okay. And and so like you eat I me mean, because because I associate like the the football going on with the Thanksgiving meal. So it's like you're eating lunch. The lions are playing in the background. By the time you finish, you know the cowboy game is on. So it's kind of like you can sit down. Rest, and then, yeah, and then you start eating football, the leftovers yeah. for the now yeah. night game. Yeah, and speaking of that, that's kind of the best part of Thanksgiving. I mean, the meal itself, the day Thursday, it's great. Today, the the day two Thanksgiving meal, that's probably better, in my opinion. We unfortunately, so since we had Thanksgiving at the in-laws, um, there there was so many people that there's like no leftovers. So I've got, I've got about a half a ham, because I took the ham that I smoked back home with me, but... Uh, so I've got like half a ham, but I don't have I don't have any sides. They were pretty much wiped out. And what was left over, my father in law, rightfully so, because he made it all, was like, yeah, this is, is going to stay in home, just staying here in my house. Oh yeah, and I would be the same way. Like if I'm hosting it, yeah, it's it's staying in my house. Yeah, yeah. but you we guys would all normally came make... over here and messed up my house. I'm I'm keeping I'm keeping my sweet potatoes. But my, we would always be like, do you want to take something with you? Let's make you a little plate of leftovers. Yeah, there just wasn't enough. Okay, really. So also what happened was is my wife's brother um, and he like the one that has the biggest family. He's got three kids. So him, his wife um, and his three kids. And then normally his mother-in-law, his wife's mom uh, comes with them. So that's a group of six people that would have been added. And earlier in the week, they got sick um, and decided like, hey, we don't want to get everybody else sick. The whole family is sick. We're not going to be able to make it. So my father-in-law cut the amount of food that he was going to make. And then when I was leaving last night, he was like, by the way, Hey, take, take some of the leftovers that we do have to them because they couldn't come to Thanksgiving. So like, they're just, there wasn't a lot of leftover for me to take, but I've got plenty of ham to make some epic ham sandwiches over the next couple of days. That's what's going to happen. I just need to go get some good bread. Now you say you're a Turkey guy, Matt. Are you, what, 
what is the ideal uh like cooking process for you for a turkey um are you like an oven baked guy are you a smoked turkey guy you a fried turkey guy um i've i've done fried turkey in oven most recently over the past several years we've just done like oven oven baked okay we have a whole process of how we season it everything it's a it's a process it's kind of traditional occasion not really no it's it's more traditional okay it's more it's traditional although we have done my brother-in-law has done a fried turkey which is if i'm being honest that's the best way to do it yeah fried turkey is the best that's the best way i am not a turkey person but i will eat a fried turkey yeah i mean that's that's the best way way i mean it's always just delicious every time i've never the dark meat is unbelievable on a fried turkey yeah, so it's like that's the way to do it however i guess i would i would in a, in a pinch i would lean on the uh oven yeah i want to smoke a turkey i love smoking meats um and that is a long process i've looked i've kind of done some like research that's so that's like, me with like a country ham i want to do like, Spatch I want to do a country ham so bad. It's, it's just a it's a big process. It's a commitment. Yeah. 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 A country ham is one that I've thought about doing for years. And I have bought all of the require like I have a brining bucket. I've got all of the stuff that you need to do to do a country ham. And I just I don't trust myself enough to get it right. So it's one of those deals where when Thanksgiving's coming around, I'm like, I'm gonna do a country ham this year. Cause I I cook the ham every year for the family. Yeah. And like, I'm going to finally do it this year. And then I, I psych myself out of it because it's like, well, people like ham and they, they expect their ham. And if you get it wrong, because, you know, that's the golden rule. Don't experiment on Thanksgiving. Right. Like you don't you don't cook a new dish for the first time for Thanksgiving. And it's like when during the year am I going to think, you know what, I'm going to go practice doing a country ham a couple of times throughout the year. Like they're not even the, the H-E-B only has the country hams available during thanksgiving week so yeah be a whole process of like having to probably go online find one get it shipped to me and then like can't even imagine how expensive that would be and then you you have to do it knowing that you're probably going to fail at it the first couple of times you're just wasting your money before you get it right so maybe i'll try that whole process this year but it's that's like a bucket list item for me is to eventually for thanksgiving successfully do a country ham yeah so it's like smoking a turkey where you just you gotta you gotta commit to it, you gotta know what you're doing, and you have to yeah. accept the fact that you might fail. Yeah. And I've like I said, I've I've gone through, looked at the whole process and like like you said, it's a commitment because it's it is a you start day you have to prepare like days before. Right. Yeah, it's like so a country ham, like it's basically a salted ham hock, right? Yeah, it's not it's not cold, so it's you're preserved you're, by you're, salt. Yeah. So you have to spend it's like a multi-day process of drawing the salt out of the ham before you, you know, you can yeah. even get to cooking it. Yeah. So yeah, it's a it's something that I'll do in the future, but not not quite yet. Not with a two-year-old running around my home. Oh, for sure. So uh Matt, there's you know, another thing about Thanksgiving that people often um wow, I said that really weird, often um that people often do, and that's kind of express the thing that you're most thankful for over the last year. Um, and I just want to think about in the realm of what we talk about, which is mostly Baylor sports. Give me your number one 
This is what I am most thankful for so far from from last Thanksgiving to today in the Baylor sports sphere. What are you most thankful for, Matt? There's only one answer, and it's um, Baylor basketball. It's really that's what I'm most thankful for in the, in the Baylor sphere. That's a good one. That's a Baylor solid basketball. one. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go a different angle for somebody that doesn't get a lot of a lot of like the public love that that this group deserves. Okay. And I'm going to say, I'm thankful for Fee Mulkey, our, our coach. Of That's a good the, one. That's a good like, one. Dynastic and ever dominant Baylor acrobatics and tumbling team. Yeah. Who just win national title after national title. It's like uh, unendingly. If, if Alabama was acrobatics and tumbling, they would be Baylor's acrobatics and tumbling. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's just, that we are the premier program. Only better. Cause I mean, Multiple back. We won what seven or eight in a row. I think it's like eight straight. Yeah, national championships. We are the we are the like nineteen twenties Notre Dame. Yeah, of of acrobatics and doubling. Yeah, we're like eighteen ninety three Harvard. It's just like you're not stopping us. (laughs) Yeah, we're that. What is that Georgia Tech versus whatever team? Like the the hundred and nothing game. Yeah, they're gonna put up a hundred points, one hundred twenty two points, and keep you scoreless. Yeah, it's the it's the 2014 or 2013 Baylor offense with Georgia's 2021 defense. <laughs> yeah, for sure. But yeah, that's a good one. Um, for me, is like it was just it's good to have like that, like acrobatics and tumbling, and then like for what I said, basketball, just the consistency of like yes. I know they're going to be good. I have no doubt they're going to be good. Even when it's bad, like the things in basketball that we get disappointed about over the last couple of years, I, I think back to 2008 me, you know, and about just how crazy I went when we made the NCAA tournament for the first time in yeah. what, 20 years. You know, I yeah. remember sitting in my buddy's room um, off of Third and Gurley in Waco, um, if y'all know where those houses are. But I remember sitting in my buddy's room, like it's like it was yesterday, and seeing our name get announced. We weren't at the Feral. Mm-hmm. I wish we were. Um, but seeing our name, it was like we were just like, oh my God, we're going to the like, we're at NCAA tournament. Team. And now it's like, oh man, we didn't make it to the Elite Eight. Now it's like, not even, and someone's like, we're like, what do you mean we're a three seed? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we, we were only picked fourth in the conference. What disrespect. Yeah. That's wild. Um, now there are some things I think I'm sure we're not thankful for in football over the last year. Um and two two years. Whatever. Funny enough, and I, I thought I debated internally whether to make this joke on, on on the podcast, but I I'll explain why I don't care anymore. Um, but I was I was on the phone with the the friends that I'm going to pick up here in a couple of hours. You know, I was just checking in on them, making sure everything was going good with their travel. And I, and I mentioned, like, yeah, I'm about to hop on and record my pod here in a little bit. And my buddy said, he goes, oh, it's uh, it's the official last podcast of the Dave Aranda era. <laughs> and I, I kind of chuckled. And I'm not going to lie, as terrible as this is going to sound, I'm kind of thankful for that. And I hope that if that becomes true, I do hope it does. And I my internal my internal dialogue on this, on whether or not, it's um you know above board to kind of make a joke about somebody losing their job um is cool to do or not here's the thought that i have i love dave aranda as a dude 
and I have I I truly still respect the hell out of Dave Miranda. I do. Like, and there's nothing more that I want to say other than I wish he had succeeded, and I had wished that 2021 was more representative of what a Dave Miranda team looked like than 2022 and what 2023 has become. But yeah, at the end of the day, this is a job that you're paid to do, and you're paid more than pretty much the entire world, the entire 7 billion human population there. I, I can't imagine what the 0.000% is of people that get paid the amount of money that you get paid to be the head coach of a power five football program is. So he's going to be fine. And if he does get let go after tomorrow's game, he's doubly going to be fine because he's going to have a buyout of some kind. So it, his kids are going to want for nothing um, it will be sad, a sad day for him. Nobody wants to lose their job and be told that, hey, you weren't good enough at the thing that you were that you're passionate about um, doing. Uh, so we're going to have to let you go and, and try to move into a different direction. All of that is sad. But we're fans of a football team. And first and foremost, I am, you know, I want Baylor to be successful. And Baylor has not been successful since one year under Dave Aranda. And I think you and I talk a lot on the side off air about kind of what our feelings are and going back and forth and what we want to see to happen. I have had my feet stuck in the mud longer than other folks have um, around this football team and around whether or not Dave was going to be fired. I was probably for the first third of the season of like, Hey, let's not fire him. Let's, you know, like, let's, let's see, you know, let's see if we can fix some of the systemic problems that are going on around him. But as the year has gone on, I have been I've switched to, yeah, we should let him go, but I don't think it will happen. And now I'm in the camp of I think we should let him go. And I do believe it will happen. And that's not based on any inside information. Um, that's just Joe Goodman's vibes. And, you know, based off of my interactions with the fan base and what I see and how I think it might affect the money and the performance that we're seeing on the field, because. I don't even really want to talk about it that much, but this is kind of like my segue into us saying, Hey, we played a game last weekend and it was terrible against TCU. Um, I, I watched most of it on my phone and uh, we were at the Richmond pecan festival. And after a while, I just kind of, I shut it down in the second half. I was like, okay, yeah, this is clearly not, you know, I had a little bit of hope at the beginning where it was like, Hey, we're going to hang with these guys. And maybe we can figure out a way to pull one of these things out. And then that, and then the bottom just fell out. And the bottom falling out is, I think, representative of the program as a whole, and it's time to move on. So I do think, Matt, that we may have something to be thankful for coming soon. And this isn't a negative towards Dave Aranda. It is a positive in the hope that I have that we may get to see a new vision and a new direction for a football program that um, at best is spinning its wheels and not moving forward and at worst is hammered in reverse and going backwards. So um, I'll be thankful for that if Mac Rhodes does make that decision and to, to be able to see where we move forward with football at Baylor. I would agree with your sentiment about Dave Aranda. And it's, it's kind of one of the things like to say it's, I mean, I feel the same way. Like I wish he would have success. Um, I wish he would have, everything would have gone how we thought it was going to go this season and you make, you know, progress but it's just we've to me it looks like we've gotten progressively worse over the course of the season not better 
And I just don't understand. I don't see how you can not make a change at this point. So I fully expect that Sunday, Sunday morning, Monday morning sometime, you'll see the, the news that Baylor's made a change. Or they've uh, gotten parted ways with Dave Aranda. Yeah, and it may be even one of those that that wording that you just said, like Dave Aranda and Baylor have decided to part ways. Like, um, it may not be like an official like Baylor has fired Dave Aranda. I wouldn't be surprised if there's some flower la- flowery language that's involved with this. Um, because I I do fully still believe that Aranda is well liked within the administration. Yes, they they love him as a human being. the The thing that I go back to with Dave Aranda right now is, and I know I get accused of being a, a an Iowa State fan all the time, so it'll be right on point that I use this example. But I don't know if if you remember the Paul Rhodes era at Iowa yeah. State. So pre pre Matt Campbell, you know Rhodes had a couple of big wins there. You know he did some things there that that got that fan base excited. He loved being the head coach at Iowa state and everybody loved the guy and they held on to him probably a year or two too long because they convinced themselves like, Hey, we really like this guy and we want him to be successful. So we're going to, we're going to keep giving him that opportunity. He's just, he's not doing it yet, but we want it to happen for him. And when Iowa state got rid of Paul Rhodes, it was kind of a sad day. Like the fan base, I you know the the people that I know over there, they still love Paul Rhodes. Like they're like, oh, yeah. we don't want to talk about the era of football that we had there. You know, that was what seventy seven to seven or whatever that Baylor beat them that one year. Um, well, even and, in, wasn't he there in uh, the twenty twenty sixteen year? Whenever it was Grobe and Baylor, I think that might have Baylor been came back. First year. Baylor came back and like one, they were down like 21 or something like that. I think that was Campbell. I think that was Campbell. I think Rhodes's last year may have been 14. I want to say, I want to say okay. the year where we're like Corey Coleman or wait, what was what year? Maybe 13 when Corey Coleman had the, uh, the, the kickoff return for a touchdown. We were up like 70 to nothing. Iowa state scored a garbage time touchdown on our third stringers. Yeah, and then think- Corey Coleman, Corey Coleman ran it back and made it 77 to seven. And it's just, you know, they don't want to go back to that era of football and they look down upon that era of football, but they look back on Paul Rhodes with we really liked that guy. You know, I wish I wished he could have he could have made it happen. And and I think that's the vibe that I get with Dave Aranda. I don't know many people who who don't like Dave Aranda. You know, it's not like what you've seen in the past at maybe some other schools recently where you know, think about like Texas and Tom Herman. At the end of that era, there weren't a whole bunch of Texas fans that were out there like, man, we're really sad that Tom Herman didn't work out. Like they were just kind of like, it's let's get get this guy out of town. You know, it, same thing with like a couple of the stops that Lane Kiffin has been at. He never endeared himself to the fan base. Dave Aranda gave us the best season that we've ever had. He spoke in press conferences in a different and genuine way. And he legitimately did try to be a different kind of head coach. He tried to do things a different way than what traditionally you see success in, in college football. The problem is, is it just failed. And that's not to say that it can't ever work someday or that it might not work somewhere else or that he might figure out some ways to make it, make it happen somewhere else someday. It just means that today in the situation that we're in with the style of school that Baylor is and the things that we already have up against us or things that we have that are advantageous for us, 
were not the puzzle pieces that fit that made Dave Aranda a long term choice to be the head coach here. So and Dave Aranda will be fine. Yeah. I mean, he's he's just he's he's as long as he didn't, you know, go to Vegas and blow all his money like the dude's going to be okay. And if he wants to keep keep being a football coach, he will be probably one of the he will be. I fully expect him to be defense coordinator. One of these jobs that need defensive coordinator. Yeah, like it wouldn't surprise me in the least if he, if if Baylor lets Dave Aranda go if we find out in two weeks that he's going to be the next defensive coordinator at USC. Yeah, or back at LSU for that matter because they're going to be their defense is horrible. Yeah, um, but yeah, and I just there's still some like scuttlebutt out there about like they're not going to they're not going to make a change, and I just don't see how you can hold that opinion. Yeah, if they make that decision, which again, I, I don't it's not outside the realm of possibility. Yeah. If you make that choice, if Monday comes around and we don't have any news, and then Thursday of next week we we hear the you know, or whatever what day is the press conference normally? Is what is Tuesday? Monday. Monday. Is it Monday? So if yeah, if Monday rolls around, Dave Aranda has his press conference, right? He, and we he, don't hear don't any news about it. And then let's say Thursday comes around and we're like, hey, that's weird that he had his final press conference of the year. and We haven't heard any news about this. And we get kind of the, you know, Mac Rhodes says that, you know, Bay, you know, Baylor, Baylor sticking around with with Dave Aranda for the 2024 season. Similar yeah. to what Arkansas has said about Sam. Pittman. I think you would already have done that, though. Right. Like, Herman I don't know. Check did. Uh, Mac doesn't do, like uh, we every everybody's individualistic. And so I don't I don't I don't. I don't judge, especially Baylor. Like we don't seem to do things the way that everybody else has done things in a lot of ways over the last couple of years. So I'm not going to sit here and be like, because an announcement hasn't been made yet, then it's not going to happen. But what I'm, what I'm trying to say is, you know, if we get to Thursday and they say Dave Aranda is still going to be the coach next year. I don't know if the athletic department and the administration that is in charge of all the money and everything that's involved and why athletics is important in, in American schools I don't know if they would quite be prepared for the the just in unison every Baylor fan throws their hands up in the air and the amount of people that they're going to get saying we're not renewing our season tickets. I'm not going to donate that much money next year. You know like I I just don't think that they if that's the case I don't think they quite grasp the conversations that are being had within the fan base right now because the fan base again wants to see a change and it's rare, I think, when our fan base does that. You know, we're not Texas. We're not Texas A&M where, you know, you get all the rumors of the mega donors being in the back room really running things. That's not that's yeah. not how Baylor works. And if on a macro level, that starts being how Baylor fans are reacting, where it's just like, hey, we're, you do what I say or I'm pulling my money out. And I'm not talking just like the top three or four guys. I'm talking about like the the bread and butter of your your money base as a college athletic department, which is the folks that are in the middle, right? They're not the new grads that are donating fifty to hundred bucks. You're talking about the people that are do- donating five figures a year, and you've got a big solid group of those folks, and they're spending money on you know the high end or the mid end season tickets. Yeah, those are the folks that are saying I'm not going to be a part of this anymore because you clearly aren't going to make a change that I want to see you make. I don't know if they're prepared for the reaction that would happen there if they if they kept Dave Aranda around. Yeah, because even after six and six, people were pretty optimistic about going into 2023. And you can see as the season's gone on, 
obviously the enthusiasm has diminished. Oh, it's apathy. It is pure and, apathy about Baylor football right now. And me and you talk, I mean, just two guys who, you know, created a podcast to talk about Baylor sports, Baylor football primarily. There's been multiple games where we just didn't watch. Yeah, it's a lot for like there have been games where I like I haven't physically been able to watch because of work or, you know, yeah, an event in my life that has occurred. Right. You know, Baylor played while I was on my honeymoon. I, I, I wasn't I didn't have access to the game. So like stuff like that has happened. But this is it's the first year to do something else. Yeah. This is the first year where I for the Kansas State game where like. Again, it was my anniversary weekend, but my wife was wholeheartedly like, hey, don't you need to watch the Baylor game? And I was like, no, I don't. I absolutely do not. And last week, TC, the TCU weekend used to be one of like the five biggest weekends of my year. You know, like I even even as sad as it's been the last couple of years, it's you know, it's a big deal to me. I want to beat that team. It's important that I watch that team. It's a rivalry I care about. And this year it was like, we got invited to go to a pecan festival. <laughs> and I was like, yeah. sure. Yeah. My son will enjoy that. Let's go. Yeah. And I, I walked around and watched the game on my phone. Like I didn't, my wife was even like, Hey, do you want to stay home? Like you can like, I'll take Teddy. You can stay home. And I was like, no, I'm going to go. You know, she was like, but it's TCU. Like she knows who I am. And she's, yeah. my wife is even weirded out by what this year has done to me as a fan. Yeah. So I, I was talking to friend of the show. Scott Spain Smith last night and um, S cubed. Yep. And he was asking like, when do you think we heard? I'm, and I, you know, I said the same thing. I was like, it should be Sunday morning, Monday morning at the latest. It won't surprise me if it's not Sunday because yeah, I, I mean, we are, yeah. we're a religious school. And so, and it's, it's this, it's the first church day after a major holiday. I think, I think it's likely that, that athletic department no, is probably not working this but Sunday, but yeah. Mac I, and I has, would also guess that the decision has already been made and, and either, yeah, either way. I fully expect, I mean, yeah, you're right. I don't think there'd be like a, an official release from Baylor. I do think you'll see like Mac Rhodes has his guys and he'll call up Pete Thamel or one of those other That's guys fair. break news yeah. and be like, Hey, we're going to make a change. And then he'll tweet yeah. it out. So, yeah, I, that wouldn't surprise me. You're right. Um, but Similar to the the Aggie firing of Jimbo Fisher, right? There are conversations that have to be made yeah. or have to be had before you can make a decision because of the amount of money that's going to be involved with letting go a Power Five football coach. You got to pay. You got to pay his buyout. And what's so which is negotiable? Get, I mean, yeah, it, correct. It's negotiable, but you have to get that. Uh, you have to get that approved from like your board of regents, for example. Oh yeah, and, I would um, assume that has already been approved. Exactly. Either way, e- either. Either Mac has made the decision that we're not making a change, therefore he doesn't need to meet with anybody. Yeah. Um, or they have already had the conversations of like this is the amount of money that it's going to cost us on the high end, you know, you know, and then I, I would guess too, if the decision's already been made, there's probably been discussions with 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 different agents, you know, because it's not just when you're letting Dave Aranda go. You're not just letting go of Dave Aranda. You're having to fire a lot of coaches, right? That's a yeah. It's not just the head coach. You're talking, you know, Jeff Grimes, who's one of the highest paid offensive coordinators in the country, and you know, so like you're gonna have to have conversations about that buyout. You're gonna like there's there's a lot of things that are going on in the background, um, if they're making that decision. So 
I would guess they the, today, as we sit Friday, November 24th, they know what they're going to do. I would agree. Hey, real quick, we've hit 11 a.m., which means there's a game that has kicked off. Um, and it is um, TCU Oklahoma has already kicked off, by the way. So before we get to our picks, just really quick, write down who you're picking to win that game before you look at the score. Okay. I got so it. that way we know. All right. Segway. There you watch the sausage of the podcast getting made. Um, <laughs> so yeah, uh, TCU last week, we lost again. We keep losing to them over and over. I don't know how many times in a row it is now. I don't care. Um, I mean, David Rand is 0 and 4 against TCU. Yeah. I, I said I didn't want to know. I said I didn't want to know. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, it's bad. Uh, we got West Virginia coming up this week. We'll talk about that game later. Um, are you going to the game this weekend? No, I'm not going to be in town. I'm going to be out of town. My family's okay. having Thanksgiving on Saturday because of scheduling. So that's where I will be. I have not fully decided what my plans are yet. I will know by tonight. There's, I mean, you've you've been in the, the Discord and the group messages. There's not a lot of people. There are going to be people at the tailgate. True. I fully expect this is going to be a very low attended game. It'll overall. be an extremely low turnout. Like we're talking what you think like 8,000 people maybe or less, man. Yeah. It's going to look like a COVID game. Like 5,000. Yeah. They'll announce 35,000. Cause that'll be the amount of tickets that were yeah. sold. And yeah. But yeah. In stadium, in stadium, like yeah, scanned it's tickets. Be, it's probably gonna be low. There's not going to be a single student there. Uh, no. Cause they, cause it'll also, it's also fall break. So they won't have come back. There's not going to be a single student who's like, I needed to make it camp- back to campus for the football game. So the students that'll be there, are the ones that didn't go home or the ones that came back because there's going to be an epic frat party on Saturday night that they wanted to go to. Um, yeah. So like that, that's going to be the only, the only And So yeah, I expect, I think you're right. I'm going to guess, I'm going to guess 10,000 just because I think there's going to be, uh, there's going to be enough people that, well, that are, that are just gonna be like, I bought the tickets, I might as well go, kind of thing. Yeah, maybe you have West Virginia fans who already like bought plane tickets. Yeah, exactly. Like West Virginia right. folks who had never been down there before. Yeah. So I'm gonna guess. I, I think it'll still be five figures, but it will be the lowest possible five figure. It will look bad, and um, yeah, it, it it's gonna be a nice little bow on this box of crap that was 2023 football. And, you know, hopefully we get news that um, maybe not guaranteed better days, but at least a, a new direction is on the horizon that we can that can give us the hope that will kill us once again. Yeah. On a brighter note, though, Matt. Baylor basketball, as you mentioned, the thing that you're thankful for, our women's team. Still going strong. Um, they came off of their their big win over Utah top five Utah where they won by seven points came back. They laid a little bit. I wouldn't say laid an egg, but it wasn't the most passionate and hard fought game that they played when they played Harvard earlier in the week. Uh, they did win that game by 10 points and it was Harvard's kind of like, good. Harvard's good. They're okay. They're a good team. They're a good basketball team. They're not as good. Like, their men's team is really good. I'm not so sure looking at their women's team, how good they are. They <laughs> lost to, team. They lost to, I want to say maybe it was Maryland, who I can't remember who it was, but they lost to the, another Power Five school by a lot earlier this year. 
Um, so I would say it's probably not the the performance that the the Baylor women wanted to see, but again, for the third straight game in a row, Matt, they've scored over 80 points. This is it's gonna be such a fun basketball team to watch all year. You know, they've scored 85, 84, and 81. So this team yeah. can put the biscuit in the basket, as they say. Absolutely. It is gonna be a fun um, season. The men's team as well, an, another power six win in this or power five, I guess, in this case, but uh, knocked off what is probably a pretty bad Oregon State team. But nonetheless, again, a power five school um, dominated them, Matt, in the first half and then pretty clearly took their their foot off the gas defensively in the second half um, and, and ended up winning that game by 16. They were in control the entire time. There wasn't much of a sense of urgency for them in the second half, but the first half was maybe the best basketball I've seen them play this year. Yeah, I know that was, and that game was a beat down and from the beginning. Eves Misi really wants to like, (laughs) he's looking for a haymaker every time down the court. And I love it. That dude, that dude wants to be, Number one on Sports Center top ten, so bad. Like he goes up for every possible put back Blake Griffin style jam. Like if it if it's possible, a one percent chance, he goes up and tries it, and he's gonna hit one this year, and it's gonna be unbelievable. Yeah, I can't wait. It's it's gonna be great. They do play today, Matt. The men do, and I believe the women do as well. Uh, the men have uh, the, I guess, championship match of the NIT season tip-off. Um, they play Florida, who beat Pitt in the first round. Uh, Baylor has a 58% chance, according to ESPN Analytics, to win the game. Um, and the Baylor's favored by three and a half. So this one's at the Barclays Center up in Brooklyn. Yeah. Um, the second of three games that the Bears will play in New York City and um, non-con this year. They have Duke later on in the season. So the Bears favorite in this one going for their second win over an SEC school. They already beat Auburn in the first game of the season up in Sioux Falls. So this is a this is another like quality win test for Baylor here. Like Florida's not ranked, but they're still a really solid, very good basketball team. And, yeah. you know, beating this team on a neutral court's a nice little feather in your cap to have. Absolutely. Just keep on so. stacking wins. That's what I got to do. And then let me double check. Uh, yes, yes, the women do play today. They are at home against McNeese State. So if you're in Waco, go check that out. They play it too. Uh, they got it McNeese. Yeah, go see some good, fun basketball. They're going to score at least 80 points. I'm telling yeah. you, it's going to be fun. Absolutely. All right, Matt, let's get the let's get the garbage out of the way. Let's talk about football from last week. Okay. Just run um, overall, I want to say you had maybe your best week of the year. You you went six and one on your picks last week. Beat me. I went five and two. Um, so your quick rundown, Matt. Um, we both got OU over BYU. We both got West Virginia over Cincinnati. We both got Oklahoma State over Houston, and we both got Tech over UCF. You had your one miss in the Kansas State Kansas rivalry game. You picked Kansas to win. I picked Kansas State. So I went ahead of you on one there, but then I missed the, the last two. You took Texas over Iowa State. I took Iowa State. You won that game. And then in the Baylor TCU, in the uh, the Blue Bonnet battle, as it's historically known, um, Matt, you picked TCU to be Baylor, and you got that right. I picked Baylor to win, and I got that wrong. 
So that brought you to six and one, me to five and two on the year overall, heading into our final week of the season where we're going to do our big 12 you know, picks. Well, I guess we have the championship game, but the, the final week of regular season football, Matt, you sit at 58 and 41 overall, 17 games over 500. I am sitting at 65 and 34. So you are, uh, you're seven games back of me. That means if we were to pick every game differently this week and you got them all right and I got them all wrong, um, then we would tie is essentially what you have to hope for. Yeah. So let's see if that happens. Let's Spoiler alert, it probably it probably isn't going to happen. Definitely um, won't happen. <laughs> yeah, because I don't. I know there's at least one game where you and I are probably going to pick the same team. Yes. Um. Now, I as I mentioned earlier in the pod, I wrote down my OUTCU pick, even though the game had already kicked off, so that way we didn't miss out on it. But we'll start there right now as we're recording this. TCU and Oklahoma are playing. It's in Norman. Um. Since the game's already started, I don't know what Oklahoma was favored as, but um, Matt. What was the pick that you wrote down for who you expected to win between TCU and Oklahoma? Side note, TCU has to win this game to make a bowl. So I went Oklahoma. You went Oklahoma. I did too. I wrote down OU. Um, so there you go. We we're both picking Oklahoma to win. And I'll give you uh, a spoiler here, Matt. Oklahoma is currently a seven or is up seven points. TCU has the football and there's 11 minutes left in the first quarter. All right. Yeah. All right, later on today, Joe, we have big, our big boy game. Yeah, the um Texas Tech Red Raiders travel to Austin, 6:30 p.m. on ABC. Take on the number 7 ranked Longhorns. Uh Texas is a 14 point favorite at home. What do you think, Joe? Can Joey pull it out and get that uh seventh win of the season or are they going to finish six and six and just they're finishing and just, six and six as much as it pains me texas is going to go to arlington with an 11-1 record with an opportunity to head to the sec holding the big 12 trophy so yeah i'm taking texas yeah again we're going to agree so we're really shooting down our my chances of making a comeback but i agree i think texas is going to take care of business at home and just hey well we'll have the we'll have we'll do conference championship games next yeah. week and you know we'll get we'll have ample opportunity okay yeah, so um so yeah, Texas. Taking Texas. All right. Um tomorrow we'll get into the Saturday games. Uh, our early one at 11 a.m. on FS1, we've got the University of Houston heading down to Orlando to face off against UCF this at the Bounce House, otherwise known as FBC Mortgage Stadium in Orlando where the Knights play. Houston is looking for their fifth win on the year, so no bowl game for them. But UCF is sitting at five and six, needs this game to be bowl eligible in their first season in the Power Five. Um, UCF, similar to what you just mentioned with Texas and Texas Tech, UCF is a 13 and a half point favorite in this one. Matt, does Houston have a shot at ruining UCF's bowl hopes? I don't think so. I think UCF is a better team. Yeah, not, UCF not by is, much, is but better than much. their record. But yeah, they're they're like I mean, let's be honest. Like they had no business losing to Baylor. Yeah, no, they I mean, yeah they had that, no that lead they had no that thirty five to ten a league, of games that they, they shouldn't have lost to Oklahoma either. Yeah, that yeah, the lead on us that was a legit thirty five to ten. It wasn't fluky. Yeah, they were beating no. the crap out of Baylor. 
they were running all over us. And then we, as, as Gus Malzahn said, they did everything you have to do to lose a game like that. And we did everything you have to do to yeah, win a game. Is like a, it was a fluky fourth quarter and Baylor came out on top, but yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, UCF's winning that game, I think, and they're going to go to a bowl. Um, congrats to, to the Knights if they pull that off. All right. 2.30 PM ABC BYU travels to Boone Pickens stadium and take on Oklahoma state Cowboys. Number 20 Oklahoma State Cowboys, who have long championed since the offseason. Um, <laughs> they are a 17-point favorite at home. BYU is looking for their sixth win to get ball eligible. Oklahoma State's trying to, you know, they're still competing for a spot in the championship. So they're trying to get to Arlington. Uh, what do you think, Joe? Uh, Oklahoma State. 100%. The bottom has fallen out on BYU. They they, yeah. they had a valiant effort this season. Injuries, I think, have, have really snake bit them. And um, I I still think long-term they're going to be just fine in the Big 12. But I, I think Oklahoma State is, you know, they're they're trending in a certain direction and BYU is trending in the other direction. So I'm, I'm taking the Cowboys. Yeah, I agree. Look at us. Great minds. All yeah, right. I also, we disagreed yet. We haven't disagreed yet. Yeah. Uh, I, I was going to say also, but no, this is at 630. This is a night game. Um on ESPN2, I think everybody in the conference this yeah, everybody in the conference is on uh on TV this week. No no ESPN plus yay. games. Yay for us. But yeah, yeah. Uh <laughs> 6:30 p.m. on ESPN2, Kansas heads to Cincinnati, Ohio at Nippert Stadium to take off take on um the Cincinnati Bearcats. Kansas sitting at 7 and 4, Kansas or Cincinnati at 3 and 8. Kansas a 7 point road favorite in this one. Matt, what do you think? Yeah, I'm going to take the Jayhawks. Um, Cincinnati's not very good. And, you know, going through a transition period, it's just uh, is what it is. Moving, it was the worst time to have change of coaching staff before you entering, move up to a to the Big 12. So, yeah, they just have a rough season. So I'm going to go with Kansas. Yeah, I'm going Kansas as well. It's uh, Cincinnati has played better of late. Um, but yeah. they're they're not a good football team, and they've got they've got some work to do. All right, seven p.m. on Fox. Iowa State travels to Manhattan, Kansas, to take on Kansas State. Armageddon. Yes, sir. Number uh, Kansas State is number nineteen in the country. They are too fighting for a spot in the uh, Big Twelve Championship game, and they are um, eight and three on the year. And a 10-point home favorite. How do you think Farmageddon goes? Iowa State's not a bad little football team this year. Um, but they're not a good little football team either. Yeah. Kansas State is good. They're not Kansas State isn't great. They're not amazing, but Kansas State is good. So I'm gonna take Kansas State to win this game. Again, I agree. I think Kansas State is uh like I said, is a better bed the better team. So yeah, I would go with the uh Wildcats here. All right. Well, I'll take us into the quote unquote game of the week. Womp, womp, womp. 6 p.m. on FS1 in Waco, Texas at McLean Stadium. The West Virginia Mountaineers sitting at seven and four, five and three in conference. The biggest surprise, I think, in the Big 12 this year, um, as they were picked last, are going to finish middle of the pack, if not top a third of the conference this year. Um, Face off against the Baylor Bears, who are, as we know, three and eight on the season, only two and six in conference, and um, essentially only have the game against Cincinnati to thank 
for not uh, not having a chance to finish last place. Because if Cincinnati loses and Baylor loses, then we finish with the same record. Um, and uh, or Cincinnati wins, sorry, and we lose. Cincinnati and Baylor finish with the same record, but we'll have the tiebreaker against them. So Cincinnati will finish in last place no matter what in the Big 12. Um, West Virginia is an 11 and a half point road favorite in this game. Uh, as we mentioned, it's not going to be um, not going to be much of a home field advantage, I think, for the Bears in this game. Um, yeah, I, there's not there's not really much to hope for here or think about or talk about. The only thing that is in our favor, I think, in this game is that the away team has never won a game between West Virginia and Baylor. The home team has won every single one in this series dating back to 2013. So for like 10 years now. Um, so I don't, I don't like that. I'm going to do what I'm going to do, but yeah, it's, I mean, it's Baylor's going to lose like, and they're probably going to, the West Virginia is probably going to cover that 11 and a half. It's just, we're not good. We're, it's not even that we're not good. We're just, we're, we're really bad. And uh, so West Virginia probably the first away team to win a game in the series. Yeah, I agree. Um, Blake uh, Baylor's going to be without Blake Shapin, who's without a doubt the, you know, the lone bright spot of the season has been his play um, this year. And he is dealing with head injury. He has, you know, 13 touchdowns, three picks on the year, 2188 yards. We're not going to have that. So I don't know. I think I read that they were doing RJ Martinez and Sawyer were getting both getting a reps. So I don't know who's going to start. I would assume it'd be Sawyer Robertson, but we'll see. But yeah, um, Baylor's not winning this game. Yeah. So, womp, womp. There we go. Baylor's going to finish three and nine. Uh, and two and seven in the conference. It's a nightmare. It's the worst case scenario, but I think we've hashed it out plenty. Um, yeah. It's and, bad. Yeah. And I think that's about it. We're going to have yeah. to cut this short. I got to run. Yeah, the, yeah. You got to run, don't you? But yeah. I, I will say I did finish the Hobbit. Well, there you go. <laughs> Everyone can sleep easy now. Everybody can sleep easy now. I did finish my book, and now I'm picking up a new book called Carbolics by James May, um, one of the hosts of uh, Top Gear. So I'm reading his book. There you go. I'm reading uh, a book by uh, Joanna Robinson and Dave Gonzalez about the uh, MCU, re- the rise of the MCU. So there we go. Oh, very cool. Very cool, Matthew. All right. Well, we will, we'll have some more pop culture stuff for the folks uh, later on. Um, but it's it's done football season uh for baylor will be over tomorrow we'll put a nice little bow on it next week when we when we record but um everybody send a prayer out for what was a disappointing and you know unfortunately we got to put it out to pasture 2023 baylor football season yep before we go joe where can people find you if they want to read some of your work or interact with you uh on the internet uh, you can find me um, at the underscore Joe underscore Goodman on Twitter. Um, you can also find me on our daily bears. Um, and by the way, real quick, Matt, I would be remiss if I didn't mention a couple of the other folks um, that work with us to make this podcast happen. Um, those are the folks over at prize picks. As we always talk about, um, go check them out for your daily fantasy needs. If you use code bears, 12 B E A R S one, two, um, you can get a 100% match on your first deposit there. Um, 
So I did want to mention them where I mentioned where you can find me. Um, and you can find the podcast at thebaredinpod.com. Matt, is there another partner you would want to give a shout out real quick? And where can the people find you? Yes. Um, first of all, I want to absolutely, as always, our podcast is brought to you by Charlie Hustle Clothing Company. They're vintage inspired clothes based out of Kansas City that specialize in collegiate and hometown apparel. Um, it's holiday season. They want you to be the best dressed fan this holiday season. Or if you're buying gifts for someone who's a college football fan or Kansas City fan, go ahead. They have a bunch of different collections. Go to charliehustle.com and check them out. Um, when you do, use promo code 10 12 15. It's good for 15% off non sale items. That's T E N 1 2 1 5 to get that additional 15% off. And if you want to follow the podcast, you can follow the podcast at the Baradin Pod and thebaradinpod.com. And you can follow me at Matt underscore Workman. Excellent, Matt. Well, until next week, as always, sick and bears. Sick and bears. Sports Social Podcast Network. <laughs>